So before I read today's scripture passage, which will be Genesis uh, chapter 22, I just want to remind everyone, as I said last week, this summer we're doing a series on troubling passages in scripture. So we're looking at different passages in scripture that at times can feel um, messy and uncomfortable. And last week I brought my rain boots because I said sometimes we get to these passages in scripture where we feel like we're stuck in the mud. And so this, this summer we're going to be walking through those, some of those passages, not all of them. And really um, thinking about what are the questions and the feelings that come up within us. And I encourage you, on those attendance sheets of paper or anything, any other sheets of paper or through email or text message, um, to ask questions, to write down questions that, that come up or any comments of what, what are we feeling and experiencing as we walk through these passages. Because today's passage, Genesis 22, is not a comfortable passage. It's a passage that it's not just about reading it or learning about it. It's about engaging it. It's about thinking about what we're feeling as we go through it. What are the questions that come up? What are the concerns that come up within us? It's about really wrestling with what this scripture passage, what God is trying to say to us. And here's the beautiful thing. God can speak to us in different ways through scripture passages throughout our lives. So it's also what may God be trying to say to us today. And so with Genesis 22 verses 1 through 14, it says, After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham... And Abraham said, here I am. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering And set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, father. And he said, here I am, my son. Isaac said, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. 
he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. The angel said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So there are some people who will say, the Bible says it. So I believe it. That's that. I don't really know how we can say that, though, and read this passage of Scripture. It should make us a little uncomfortable. It should give us pause. It should make some questions arise. And so today, I want us to actually walk through As I was trying to figure out what to say in the sermon today, I was just like, you know what? We're just going to walk through the things that I got stuck with. The test in verse 1, the child's sacrifice, and the big theological question, what was God thinking? And in all of this, What you're going to hear us coming back to time and again is what Christine talked about with the kids, trust. But for us to better understand what it means to trust God, we also need to remember that to trust the fact that God wants us to wrestle with our questions and engage them and think about what we're reading in Scripture. To not just read it, not just learn about it, not just memorize, but to to really think about and engage what this passage of Scripture is trying to say to us. I mean, this passage of Scripture, people have taken it to extremes. There's uh, Paul, who in Philippians wrote about, in this particular passage, how this is how Abraham worked out his salvation with fear and trembling. There's the opposite side where a prominent atheist named Richard Dawkins wrote a book called The God Delusion. And this was one of the main passages where he said, this is why I can't be a Christian. This is why I can't believe in God. He comes back to this passage. And so we have these extremes. So what do we do with it? In verse 1, it says that God chose to test Abraham. And partly I'm just like, okay, why? This is the only uh, place in Scripture, at least, that I could find or remember where it says that God tested Abraham in this way. 
when in Genesis 12, God calls Abraham to go to a land where he had not seen, where he knew no one, and to leave everything he knew behind to follow God. And he did. Abraham did that, but that wasn't a test. Here in Genesis 22, this is where we find the word that God tested Abraham. I wrestle with that word of test. Because um, this past year, many of you know, I've been working uh, at Baptist Hospital in the chaplain's office. And when I've talked with some patients, some of them have talked about, is God testing me? And that's a hard thing to talk about, especially with some of the patients I've worked with, some of their family members, and what it means to read this in Scripture and to try to figure out what's happening in our lives. What does this mean? And honestly, I'm still not at a place where I can comfortably say, this is how I'd interpret it. The best thing that I can say when we read about God's testing, and it comes back to trust, with scholars, not just biblically, but in thinking about what it means when we test someone, is that there's two types of testing. There's the test that's a trap, and the test that's an opportunity. And the difference between the two is the heart and the intention, the trust of the one doing the testing. To trust that when it's a test that someone's giving us, that it's not going to be a trap, an I gotcha moment, but an opportunity for us to, to strengthen and to grow in some way. And so in today's passage, we find God giving Abraham this test, this opportunity. Doesn't mean we necessarily have to like it. And what's the opportunity? What's the test? God calls Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Now in Genesis, I can't remember if it's 16 or 17 now, God, Abraham and Sarah have not had a son. They're barren. And God says to Abraham, I'm going to give y'all a son. I'm going to give y'all a child, and you're going to be the father of many nations. And Abraham and Sarah laugh. They laugh. But what happens? Eventually, they have Isaac, whose name means laughter. And here is Isaac, the fulfillment of God's promise. And yet, God is calling Abraham to sacrifice his son. Actually, in those days, child sacrifice was really common. Human sacrifice. In all the other religions, it, it happened. Regularly. But here's the thing, God does not demand child sacrifice. We can look at the books of Ezekiel and Leviticus and Jeremiah where God strictly prohibits this. And God says, no, no human sacrifice. 
do not do this. The Lord, the Lord detests this. This is not the ways of God. But yet, here we are. In Genesis 22, and we hear these words from God himself, not an angel. The Jewish uh, tradition actually says that the angels looked at God when he said, go tell Abraham this, and the angels all said, you can. So what do we do with it? With this call for child sacrifice. With this test. Now, there are some who use the, the pretty sermon illustrations of, of calling on all of us to, to think about and reflect on. What is it that we would withhold from that altar table? To read this passage and to reflect on what it is that we would withhold from God from that altar table. And to realize that, that maybe that's something that we actually need to place before God. So that it doesn't become an idol in our lives. There's also the, the interpretation that, that because human sacrifice was so common. That God took this opportunity to make a statement. To make a statement when Abraham was preparing to sacrifice his son and the angel came down because that's when the angel wanted to show up and to say stop. That God was making a statement that I have created each and every one of you for life, not for death. To make the statement that with this altar table, with this statement from God that no human sacrifices should ever happen again. That in this passage of scripture that God was actually calling on everyone. For it was so common to stop and to remember that we are called for life. That this is not the way that God intends for us to live. This child sacrifice. God saying no. You're created for life. Of course there's also. Um, a bishop. In the United Methodist Church. Will Willimon. And he. He actually came out very uh, strongly in 1983. And he wrote this big essay, and he was just like, who are we to condescend Abraham? Who are we to, to look at him and to judge him for his choice? And Will Willimon's point was, who are we to do this as people who sacrifice our innocence and our children to far lesser gods than Yahweh? And he was writing about how, how we are so willing to raise our children in a world of violence and consumerism and pride. Where, where we're so willing to raise up people to, 
to go after money and success instead of after the heart of God. Who are we so willing to look with disgust or condensate? Okay, I can't say the word now. <laughs> to, look, to look at Abraham and to judge him. without reflecting on how we raise up our children. Not just as parents, but as a community. To reflect on on what that means for us. So we have the test. We have the child sacrifice. And then there's the question the big theological question of what was God thinking? Because we can look at any of these options given and we can say, okay, this makes me feel a little better. But at the same time, why is this a point in Scripture? Why is this in in God's holy word? Why didn't God just say it? I don't want child sacrifices. I don't want human sacrifices. I created you for life, not for death. Why did God choose to do this? And honestly, that's one of the the best theological questions we can ask. I can remember one of my Old Testament seminary professors said that that is the heart of theology. When we read scripture of of asking ourselves, what is God thinking? What is God trying to tell me in this moment in my life with this passage? Because we've walked through a good bit of what different scholars will lift up of of how we can read this passage of Scripture. Is anyone still uncomfortable like me? What is God thinking? What is God trying to tell me in this moment? That's the heart of theology. That's the question I want us asking every Sunday as we look at these passages of Scripture. And I kept trying to think of what is God trying to say to all of us because honestly, I... There's so many different ways that we can look at this passage. So many different interpretations. But the best thing that I read, the thing that I kept coming back to was this quote from Barbara Brown Taylor. And for her, it kept coming back to trust. And all of these things that we've been talking about comes back to trust, of trusting that that when God tests us, it's not for a trap. Of trusting that when God says something that makes us feel uncomfortable and we don't know what to do with it, trusting that somehow that God's saying something to us, that God's That God is still good and faithful. That that we know who God is. But what was God thinking? With this passage of Abraham, of a father, 
who had long waited for a son, for a child, to love and to call his own, was asked to sacrifice him. Barbara Brown Taylor, she wrote calling it a text of terror, which serves to pry our fingers away from our own ideas about who God should be and how God should act. Whether the terror is heard on Sunday or lived on Monday, the question is still the same. Do we trust God to act in all the events of our lives or only in the ones that meet our approval? I am almost certain, she writes, that trust was something that Abraham felt deep within him, that told him God was present and working it all out, no matter how terrifying. How else? How else could Abraham have done what he did? Do we trust God to work in all aspects of our lives? Do we trust God to be who he is in spite of the the concerns and the questions that arise? Because we're going to face things in our lives where we will ask, God, how are you present? Where are you now? Or why did you allow this to happen? But this passage of scripture, it does disorient us. It does make us raise up some questions of who God is, of what is happening here. But what was God thinking? What was God thinking? God was thinking of us somehow, and God trusting, we have to trust that God was somehow working all of this out. God was present, working it all out. For the good of Isaac, for the good of Abraham, for the good of all of us. And you know, Genesis 22 actually continues. Where God explains himself to Abraham and Isaac. But I'm actually going to read this explanation from the Jesus Storybook Bible. As it, it says, as Abraham and Isaac sat there on the mountaintop that night, watching the embers of the fire die in the cool night air, the stars above them sparkling in the velvet sky, God helped Abraham and Isaac understand something. God wanted his people to live, not die. God wanted to rescue his people, not punish them. But they must trust him. One day, Someone will be born into your family, God promised them, and he will bring happiness to the whole world. God was getting ready to give the whole world a wonderful present. It would be God's way to tell his people, I love you. 
Many years later, another son would climb another hill, carrying wood on his back. Like Isaac, he would trust his father and do what his father asked. He wouldn't struggle or run away. Who was he? God's son, his only son. The son he loved. The Lamb of God. It's okay to still have questions from Genesis 22 because I do. It's probably going to make me uncomfortable every time I read it. God wants us to bring our uncomfortableness, our questions, all that we feel and think about when we read passages of Scripture. But the thing I want us all to take with us today is this reminder to trust. To trust that even when we do not understand, trust that God is at work for the love of us to give us life we won't always see it in the moment and sometimes it may take some time to see it in reflection but that's why we engage scripture together together as the people of God and individually through prayer That's how we help trust when we come to scripture to begin the conversation and to see what God will have to say to us today. Let us pray. God, sometimes we don't always understand how you, how you're moving, what you're, what you're doing. But Lord, help us to always know that we can trust you even when we feel disoriented and confused. And even when we still have questions and doubts, help us to trust that you are present and at work in our lives for our good. To trust that the God who has made a way time and again throughout scripture and time and again up until this very day throughout our throughout history and in our lives that you will continue to move and be at work trying to speak to us and trying to teach us that we can trust you help us to see and help us to come to you with all we have with all we are so that we may see more clearly and know more deeply that you are faithful and good and always worthy of our trust. It's in your son's name that we pray this day. Amen.